Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest installment of our mini-series, the spin-off of uh, Reboot Already Underway, Gateway to Cinema. Or as it's unofficially known, Gateway Drugs to Cinema. Oh, but for legal reasons, we are not allowed to call it that. But I will still call it that in the podcast. We've spoken with our marketing. They said we can't what? call it. We've spoken with our lawyers. They, they, we've spoken to our lawyers. They advised <laughs> against it. But, <laughs> you know, we're just going to do it anyway. Anyway, I am your host, Aaron Hahn. And today I'm joined, as usual, by Jacob Lacey. Hello. And we have a very special guest appearance for you all today. David Becker is joining us. I made the cut, everyone. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. It only took 40 weeks. It only took 40 here. weeks? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is only our third episode of this particular show. But, yeah. yeah. But, but we're happy to have you. We are happy to have you. I'm this happy is, of to course, be here. There's and the reason, reason why David yeah. is coming along for this particular episode is because, as you know, listeners know that we this miniseries is to go through the list of films I made for Lacey to watch. A list of 100 films that I think are interesting films to watch and discuss and are good, you know, a good introduction to the larger world of cinema. And this week we are going to be talking about a film that is a personal favorite of mine. And a personal favorite of David. And it's a film we have talked about many, many times before on the podcast. And we have finally gotten Jacob to watch it now. I finally watched it. Because he was forced it. to. Oh, so. Yeah. It that is movie is. Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> <laughs> David, man, he's excited. Now, Aaron, it's only the third week of this show. I'm not totally familiar with your format yet. So if you want to kind of... Lead, lead us through it. And this is David's first episode, of course, so... True, sure, sure. Well, I guess the format has been going that we start with your thoughts on Not the film point. that we watched. Yeah. And then we talk about why I put it on the list, and I suppose at that point then David can jump in as well. Mm-hmm. So, but we're going to kick it off. We're just going to... We're going to let Lacey tell us his first impressions, spoiler-free, of spoiler this film. Free. Wait, spoiler-free? Spoiler for, right, for right now, and then we're getting into spoilers later. Just so, you All know, right. they like to be like, hey, we're talking about this. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Right, um, this, this is our thing, like, for people who haven't seen this film yet, who are curious about it, this, these are... Yeah, so, this is a movie I had known about, heard about. The book, of course, as well, because I was a big John Green fan back in the day, and he always talked about this book as being, like, one of his inspirations for his books. And I think you can see that a lot in the story, where I'm like, oh, yeah, this feels very John Green-esque. Um, so I, I was happy with that. Um, but, yeah, finally ending up ending finally ending up seeing it, I was like, okay, I can understand why Aaron and David have it in such high regards and so high on their lists of favorite films of all time, even if I don't know that I would put it as high as they do. Um, well, it's time to cut them. <laughs> it's time to cut them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're out. I'm out. David I'm out. and I are going to take over now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a bad movie. I think it's, in yeah. fact, it's a very good movie, but I do think there are significant problems with it that make it like, I don't, 
I don't even know if I'd call it like one of my favorites of 2012. I think Silver Linings Playbook is still a better movie than this. Um, way more emotional movie than this, even. <laughs> that one, I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, upset. you're out. You're out. Yeah, uh, you're, no. just, just leave. Just hang out right uh, now. Yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about I'm this really, movie again. I'm really I'm not trying to to curse anyone out tonight and i'm like holding in like the amount of bleeps that would be needed to be used so i'm yeah. just kind of being no, silent I'm, again i'm not saying it's a bad movie i liked this movie but again it just didn't connect with me as much as it obviously did with you guys so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like the the guy in Iron Fist. Oh, you obviously just don't. This is, this is a movie for the fans. This is a movie for the, for you, the you fans. You obviously just don't yeah. understand. No, and of course it's, we'll get to the this, the reasons as to why I, I think there are problems with it later because they are intrinsically linked to spoilers. In that, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil it up front. So, Aaron, why'd you put it on the list? Well, I mean, as I mentioned, this is one of my favorite films of all time. This is a film that made it number 10 when we were running through those on the podcast. It was my number 10. Uh, David, was it like your number two? It was out there. It was, it was somewhere <laughs> higher. It was higher than it was for me, but yeah. So yeah, this is a film that I was like curious about because I watch so many coming of age films, mm-hmm. you know, but then I was like, totally unex I wasn't expecting this film to you know connect with me as much as it ended up doing but I do think as I have frequently mentioned when talking about this film because we talk about this film so often (laughs) it's a film that I feel like has such a great universal appeal Mm -hmm. in that you know like I so many people I know can watch this film and connect so deeply with it and it is very much it kind of encapsulates that feeling of being an outcast and it's it very much is a relatable story and at, at the same time it's such an intimate film experience for me because i connect there's so many like aspects of it that i can just you know draw out and connect with so deeply that as i mentioned many times before i can't get through this without you know crying at right. like several points throughout the and film. Now, and I get what you've been what you've said ever since you started talking about this movie and that things that maybe you connect with maybe other people didn't, maybe they connect with other things that maybe you didn't and it's just right. I get that. There are so many different character moments, so many different subplots um that are relatable and uh you, you can see yourself in some of the characters. I think that's a fantastic part of it is that there are so many various uh, character experiences and uh, it's just human pe- human people. Like, these are all real people in this movie, and I love that mm-hmm. a lot about it. Um, so, yeah. Right, I think all the characters in this film are so well-developed, and it's just so well put together and so, you know, humanistic, so empathetic that I think it's, a really powerful film experience. And I think it is just that great, you know, experience and kind of like that, that comforting experience for all those outcasts out there in a sense. So that's why I highly recommend this film to so many people. Uh, David, do you want to give some thoughts on it? Spoiler free. When I, I first 
I'm not a big coming of age. I'm going to open up with obviously I'm not a big coming of age movie person at all. Mm-hmm. As you two and the internet probably is known. <laughs> yeah. But um, I remember my friend was like, you ever see Perks? Ever see, he called it Perks because, I mean, that's what you call it Perks. Because I ever see right. Perks. I'm like, what are you talking about? Is that Perks be a waffle? I'm like, you know, I'm like, what are you talking? No, I'm not going to see this movie. This movie looks awful. You know, and he's like, no, we're watching it right now and you're going to cry. I'm like, and, you know, I was like, <laughs> when did this come out? Tw- uh, 2012, 2012, I believe. So I was like, what? Oh, goodness. What 16. Math? math, whatever. Yeah. Don't care. But, um, and so, you know, I was like, I'm not going to cry. Whatever. I'm just going to sit down and watch it. And then sitting there watching the movie, you know, I start tearing up. I turn at him. And I'm like, God dang it, man. Why'd you do this to me? <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> I didn't like, want why to do you guys this. Make like, me why are you this? right? <laughs> I didn't want to watch this movie. And, like, just the fact that. As Aaron like mentioned before, the fact that you're able to connect with this movie on so many different levels, and how no matter who you are, or what you've done, or what you're going through, somehow, I believe someone can always relate to this movie on what on wherever they are in their life. That's my personal belief. No, I completely agree with you. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, and um. It's got so much depth and and just like real realism to it, in my opinion. Like the char- like the characters, because in movies, like okay, in the Breakfast Club, they they have oh they have the jock, they have the nerd, they have you know they have these specific characters, and like oh but they're more categor in my opinion they're more categorized on by like what they are in the beginning and then they realize you know how like they are and in perks you you can't tell like oh like like oh, oh this person's a jock no you this person is the captain of the football team but he's dealing with this like like you like they're not categorized but by who they are quote unquote who they are the cater like they are who they are, and you it's, know it's almost like kind of like the the evolution of that Breakfast Club philosophy in the sense that we as a society have begun to understand that we can't categorize people so easily, and in modern times it is so hard to define people, and you know rightfully so that we shouldn't be placing people in the boxes. So I do think it's kind of interesting that it's, it's almost building off of what the Breakfast Club did in that now. You know, that the characters, we don't have to define them, but they're just all complex people on their own, dealing with their own issues, as you said. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's just, a, I guess, scratch the surface. Uh, well, now we can, Good you know, point. dig deeper, because now we're going to get into some spoilers. Spoilers. And I will try to get through this without, without you know, having an emotional breakdown. <laughs> I mean, I might. Coming up with a bunch of gibberish, but no, Jacob, how many times did you cry? I was, was crying. Just, what, what, once no. the once the tear ducts opened up, was it just a constant flow, or was it like a stop and go for you? As soon as the second and third, as soon as the second act started, it was basically until the end, honestly. <laughs> but that gets me to the point where I'm like, my one problem with this film is that the first act is not good. It's not good. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I was. In watching- what, what aspects? It's just, like, it's slow, and it's, like, super heavy on the exposition dumps. 
I'm like, oh, yeah, well, this would have been really nice if you, like, showed us this instead of just telling us. And that's just narration, just not a fan sometimes. And it's just his, I feel like him writing to whoever he's writing to is, like, it's a good idea, but I think it might, it, it's used as a crutch a little bit too much to where they could have told the story in more interesting ways instead of him just reading his letter out loud to um I mean, I think that's one of, that's kind of like a flaw that arises because it's based on a book, book. because the way the book is structured is that it is written as those letters. That's, it's not like a straight up narrative. It's, you know, each of his letters. So I think they, because the the movie was written and directed by the author of the book. So Uh I think he very much just wanted to carry over that conceit as much as he could, even though it's in different medium. Mm -hmm. So I mean... And we're not trying to be like, oh, look, that's how the book is. So that's why, like, that's what. No, I, have, I haven't even read the book, but. Yeah. I don't think at I ever the same could time. Now. What? I don't think I could ever even read. It's the same thing with Jurassic Park. I'm like, I don't know that I could ever even read the book. Like, this is. I don't know if I would compare it to Jurassic Park, but, like, I've ah. always just thought, like, I've had such a powerful, you know, connection to the film that I don't really want to experience the story in a different way. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to risk the possibility that it might be a lesser experience of that story and kind of take take away from what right this film you know means to me yeah and even um, though i'm sure the book is perfectly fine on oh its yeah, own I'm, I'm sure too but uh my other complaint before i start getting into the stuff that i loved about it because i just want to get these out of the way now so i just mm-hmm. so so um, aaron and i have officially def- like yeah. defeated your first complaint, so move on. It, nope. So right I now we're at, I wouldn't say so true. much as defeated his complaint, <laughs> oh, but no. that's basically my response. <laughs> perfect, perfect movie. Still, <laughs> well, movie I agree, but... yeah. Um. Oh, um, Emma Watson is one of my problems with this movie. I'm like, I love really? Emma Watson, but it's just. I think she gets much better by the end of the movie. Like, her performance gets better as it goes on. But at first, I'm like, this is cringy. Like, cringy bad. But, and then eventually it gets better. But it's what, just her like, performance her or performance, her character? Not her character. Just the way she, everything seemed like she was just reading it out of something. Where it's like, yeah, haha, are we going to this? No, yeah, well, he's never going to get with her. Ha, hmm, ha. Like, she's just reading it out of the script. I'm like, it doesn't really, it wasn't believable that she was actually saying these things. But then, well, I think that's, sorry, go on. But then, of course, I think she gets better by the end when, when she's, uh, well, the part where I'm like, okay, she isn't a problem anymore. Her, she isn't a problem. Her acting's not a problem anymore is when she's uh, talking to, Charlie, um, I, I keep wanting to call him Logan because that's his actual name. <laughs> um, that's his actual name. Yeah, uh, when she's talking to Charlie on the bed and he's like, "Well, when was your first kiss?" and she's like, "Oh, like uh, my dad's boss or whatever." I'm like, "Oh, okay, not a problem anymore." That I felt that that's messed up. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, it was just like again that whole first act. I was just not a huge fan of. But then everything after, I'm like, all right, you've sold me on this. Now I'm excited. Um, but yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I think that um, that's the way that the character was written. Because in the first act, like, obviously she just meets Charlie. Hmm. And she has her brother with her. And that's the way that her character is written. But, like, obviously every single one of these characters 
grow and change and develop from the first to the final act. Well, again, as almost a, my, my problem isn't with the character; it's just with the performance of the character. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I understand that. At the that, same but I'm time, saying... the, the performance you know relies on the that development to you know like you need those extra layers to make your performance better. And I'm saying, and like, so yeah. her performance. Well, I'm just were... simply saying the two are connected. Yeah, no, I, I know. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. I, again, it's not like this is the worst thing ever, but it's like, eh, I'm not a fan. Cringing a little bit, like, eh. but I could be, could could just be me, you know. Emma Watson just uh, just do better movies like this one, I guess. Like, stop being in Beauty and the Beast in the Circle. All right, let's. <laughs> on anyway, David. David, what did did you have something more to say? No, uh, I was just going on saying that like she was kind, of, she was dull, and her one-liners were no, because that's what her dull. character was. I didn't think she was dull. Again, it just sounded like she was reading off a script. Like all the things she's saying, I'm like these could be delivered better. Where she's talking about whoever it is trying to get with girl at some other place. I don't know. But I'm like, these aren't like bad lines. It's just, it maybe just awkward. I think maybe just awkward delivery. I don't know. Anyway, off of that, let's get off of that. I mean, my in my personal opinion, though, I think Emma Watson's performance in this film is incredible. Like, I think it's so different from her performance in the Harry Potter films, for example. Like, you don't even because normally when you see Emma Watson in your film, you're just like, oh, there's Hermione again, and you know, wow. which I don't because. <laughs> forget about those films and maybe that i think jacob is just closed-minded in his harry potter world maybe that's it maybe <laughs> but yeah i just i think she just like completely potter. becomes the character i think you know she just i don't embodies the character in a really you know profound way in a sense you know mm-hmm. so I, i'm a huge fan of her performance here All right. i don't Indeed. know well Anyway, was there something else you wanted to talk about, though? Uh, or I mean, was, was that the end of the That's the end of the critiques? Complaint. And now, now you can talk about why this film like talk about made you feel made all me the feels all all over the place. Um, it's like hard because there's like so many different things that I want to talk about. Um, I think the part that I like really connected with, and I'm like, oh, this is scarily a lot like me. <laughs> What's uh, um. Charlie, when he's dating whoever her name is, I don't know, girl from uh, girl from Scott Pilgrim. And, and, yeah. he, and he complains about touching her boobs. Well, I mean, the, the actress is... That was always a weird line. Women, thank you. And um, then the character's name is... Uh, Anna Marie? Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth. Yes. <laughs> oh, weird. She was in Scott Pilgrim with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and then she plays Mary Elizabeth in the... Anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, so when they're playing Truth or Dare, <laughs> and he's like, uh, that is the, the pre- scene when, 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 have I told you this, guys? I don't know. Oh. Have I mentioned this on podcast when I was like, that's the scene I cannot watch because I'm just cringing so oh hard. Oh, God. I, I had to, dude, I had to look away, too. I was, like, looking at the ceiling. I'm like, oh. I was just like, I can't, I can't watch this. I know what's coming, but I can't watch it. It's, it, <laughs> It might so like, be one of the most horrifying things ever put to film. <laughs> I'm not I've kidding. seen this film like 
I don't know, 10 times, but I've never seen that moment because I'm just like, nope, I can't even watch this. And it's like, it's, 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 you don't even like hate him for it. You're not like, wow, how could you ever do that? Because number one, he was probably drunk, right? We were kind of to assume that that's what was happening. Um, and also, he's been living with these pent-up feelings for like six months and just like all of a sudden it happens and he's like, whoops, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> like, that moment was just like, this is too real and this is too close to my life right now. Get away from me. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And uh, just uh, Patrick, I think, Patrick's response yeah. to that is just perfect. Oh, God, I love Patrick's character. Dude, Patrick I don't know why. the best. I like it so much, but... Yeah. Um, his, his whole arc in that film is the other thing that, that I was like, this is... That made me cry every time. <laughs> and the scene that, like, really made me lose it, and I don't know why, it's, like, not even the most... Like em- emotional scene. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it's not even like the most emotional scene in the film, but it's after he he uh, blacks out and like beats the crap out of the the football players or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brad comes walking by him and he's like, "Thank you for stopping them." And I just lost it. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together here. Um. It's just that moment where it's like, I mean, I think we can all probably connect to that in some way, right? We all grew up in religious school system and stuff where you're told, like, things are bad, don't do them, or you're going to hell, or whatever. And it's like, this kid is, like, living with this, this, like, father who, like, is just horrible to him, and, like just i don't know it was just a lot man it was just like Mm -hmm. (sighs) it was i can't even talk about it right now it was one scene that i always think about is when he's tripping on oh what does he take uh lsd LSD yeah at which point do i love that i love that transition though with the communion wafer to the lsd that's just phenomenal i was like that when that happened i was like is that is that LSD or is that like a breath mint? Because you know they make the, like those strips of breath mint. Right, right. I'm like, is he gonna go yeah. talk to her with that breath? So, mint? And then, but <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but then he would just go. But like that whole like trip, and then he like he's out laying in the snow and like hallucinating about his aunt, like that Dude. whole thing. I'm just like, <laughs> oh no, like it, it gets me. And then the scene in the park between Patrick and Charlie, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And Patrick's whole story about um, the couple in the Ziploc bag. <laughs> own... Yeah. Like, be, like, phenomenal. Like, I don't know why it's such a good, like, delivery, but it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the film that introduced me to Ezra Miller. And, you know, he's just a phenomenal actor from everything I've seen. I thought you were going to say Ziploc bags. I was like, oh. Okay. This is, this is the film that introduced me to the Ziploc bag technique. Now, you know, I've been, been a fan ever since. I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that park scene. I, 
Dude, I lost it so much during this movie. I can't even keep track of all the things I lost it at. Um, but and especially uh, when Patrick like kisses Charlie, yeah. like is like you know Patrick's in a, like a really bad place. But I, I want to say that I wasn't like thinking that it was gonna happen. Like, I, were you expecting that to happen, Aaron? Like when he kisses him, or no? Oh, I wasn't. No, I wasn't expecting that. No. So, like, I you know, I wasn't either. So, like, when it happened, I was like, "Holy!" I kind of was. <laughs> I don't know. As soon as he's like, "You wanna, you wanna get out of here?" I'm like, "Something's gotta happen, right?" Like, I felt like something. He's acting a little different than normal. Because um, mm-hmm. he's emotionally distraught. Well, yeah, he's emotionally destroyed even at that point. Where, I mean, his his boyfriend just basically lets his friends beat up on him like that i mean very moonlight to be honest (laughs) um different though because in moonlight his friend's the one hitting him but whatever um yeah i what else now um i now i'm like blanking out because i'm just (laughs) Alright, what about Charlie's sister and that boyfriend? Yeah, that was like a thing that I think was resolved kind of weird. What do you mean? Am I the only one? It's just like, we see that scene happen, we hear nothing else about it, and then by the third act, it's like, she broke up with him. It's like, they were still together? (laughs) I I, I agree that it is a bit, like, kind of in the background, but at the same time, there's so much going on in this film that there's, like... I'd rather rather put her in the background and and learn about all the other main characters and care about that. Because I think the thing is, yeah, there's just so many, like, broken people throughout this film, and I think that's just, you know, like, one of the unifying themes of the whole thing, that it's like, we don't really need to explore each of them that much, but they give us enough to understand, like, how all these people kind of become those misfits, those outcasts kind of things, you know? Um, yeah. And just, and I, I know I said earlier that it does kind of spoon feed you a lot of stuff and it does some of the stuff, it does kind of spoon feed you some information, but I think the whole, um, story of, of, um, Charlie and his friend who killed himself and the whole ant situation is handled so well um, that it never just straight out says anything about it. It, it lets you come to the conclusion yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he said something to the effect of, like, he was in the hospital, I think, at the beginning of the film. He says something yeah. like that. And he never says what for, and he never goes into anything like that. But um, when... Dude. <laughs> just that scene where he calls his sister, and he's just talking to her <laughs> that is the part that destroys me every single time <laughs> like that no no matter what i can't make it through I, that without crying I, like yeah it's, it's so it's horrible. it's um, so uh you know I, I i can't even put it into words but yeah but it, it just the it, moment when his voice breaks, he's like, what if I wanted her to die, though? I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> and just, and just, like, but, like, the moment when, like, she immediately, like, calls to her friend, and he's yeah. like, send the police to my house. Like, yeah. she knows yeah. what's happening. And it's just so... I, I don't even know, man. It's... <sighs> well, I, in the, uh, what, yeah, that is... 
<laughs> that chills. We're all just like... <laughs> we're, we're, it's so but, hard to put this into yeah. words. It's just... One thing in the first act that I always kind of just like hits home with me, it's like when he first meets... Um, Patrick and Emma Watson, Emma Watson character. Sam. Sam. Sam, thank you. And, like, at the football game. And, like, you know, he's so lonely. And, like, so then they go out to eat. And then they drop him off. He's like, hey, thanks for buying all our food. And, and I'm like, oh, no. Did they just use him? Yeah. Like, this kid just wants yeah. for, like, uh, like, oh. He's like, yeah, no problem. Like, I'll buy you food again. I'm like, no, no. This is how you make friends. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Well, another great scene involving money is when he's like, Dad, can I borrow 30 bucks to, like, it's like Secret Santa. And he's like, $20? What do you need $10 for? <laughs> like, that is a great line. I'm like, I am totally using that for the rest of my life now. <laughs> classic, classic dad move. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love All that. Right. I love that his dad was making the, making the clock for him, too. And it's like, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just turns it in. Yeah. Anyway, anything else? All right. Well, Jacob, I, Aaron, and I have talked in length about the tunnel scene, and David, like, how, how did the end? How do you like how it, yeah, the ending of the movie? He's I mean, thinking. Internet. Do, do you like? Are you debating whether you like it or not? Or are you debating I, how to argue how, against it? Or no, something? I'm not arguing. How, I'm not figuring out how to argue against it. Now, the first thing that happens is the first tunnel scene happens. I'm like, that's that's what you guys were like, so like, uh, hype so, about, so hyped about. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, it was good. I'm like, relatable. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, but then the second one happens, and it's, I get what you guys are saying about it. Again. Don't know that that's the part that, like, I'm like, this is amazing or whatever. I'm like, it was still really great. And I, I, I just like what it is in context with the rest of the film and, and the we, whole We Are Infinite uh, idea. Um, I mean, I liked it. I, I don't know. That's not the part that I would point to as the best scene in the film or anything. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the best scene either, but I do think... I'm. I've just been saying that, like that song choice, yeah, combined with the that whole "We Are Infinite," you know, idea. Yeah, I think that was really well done. And like I said, if you do experience that in real life, it, you you understand, man. Yeah. You know, it's just it's, it's crazy. All right, that is the that is that scene. I really don't have any other words for it. I mean, you guys have also talked about it in depth so much that I'm like, yeah. Agree. I, did did we hype this up too much for you though? Is that is that like part of your hesitation with fully embracing this? That, you know? The film or just the scene in general? Um, A little both. Uh, well, did you hype it up the film up too much? I'm gonna say no. No. Good. I'm gonna say no. Uh, I thought I thought you did at first. When I was first started, I'm like, oh god, guys, oh guys, <laughs> like this isn't that good. Am I gonna have to come on and tell them that this isn't a good movie? But then as it went out, I'm like, yeah, this movie is really great. Um, but uh, the scene, maybe you hyped it up a bit too much, and it could be because I had seen the scene before, 
Um, mm-hmm. We watched it in like drama class or something. We uh, did, and that was actually before I had seen the film too. Okay, so I had at least a Valley Luther. Yeah, yeah, because we had this assignment. Yeah. We were like supposed to pick a scene God, that, that like showed great acting or whatever. It's like and I... like someone showed that end scene in the tunnel. I'm like, kind of really. That's great acting. I would have, I would have, I would have chose Alec Baldwin's uh, monologue from no, this <laughs> or Al Pacino. <laughs> this is why I hated that. I had like, what can I pick? I can't pick anything that swears in it. So like, that's like, I I'm thinking of all these great scenes. I'm like, well, no, there's a swear word in that can't put that and you know we're only 17 and 16 i I ended up going with uh, anthony hopkins from silence of the lambs but then i had to avoid the scene where he calls uh clarice the c word and i'm just like nope can't can't go there (laughs) you should have been you should have been like uh mrs winners who she would try to skip it and just click through it but like she would pause it like oh yeah just like a second too late yeah yeah um but no, no, I ended up picking, like, Alfred from The Dark Knight Rises or something like that. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, here you go. I don't have time to think. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that might be another reason that maybe it didn't hit me quite as hard. Because I had known that that's how the film ends. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, I think it's really great. You feel, like you feel bad for the one girl. What's her name? I already Which forgot her girl? name again. Mary, Mary Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah, like you feel bad, but also she was like kind of horrible. <laughs> so you're like, uh. I mean, she's not a horrible person. No, she's not horrible, but it's, it's horrible just kind of like they weren't compatible. Right. Exactly. You know, not she wasn't like the, horrible. Yeah. Like the one, the one line that always like I laugh at is like when he's making out with her and he's talking to himself inside his head. He's like. Uh, how many times do I just have to grab Mary Elizabeth's boobs? I was like, like <laughs> I, I thought I'd never Whoa. say this, but I got tired of it real quick. Yeah, I was like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> Which, of course, fits perfectly later. Or was that earlier? Never mind, that was earlier when uh, he's in Rocky Horror and he's he's touching Emma Watson's boobs. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, you would much rather be doing that, wouldn't you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what what did you think of the Rocky Horror picture show elements because i haven't seen that's this film you haven't seen yet and it was a film i hadn't seen at the time when i first watched this film and i was just kind of like a little confused about the like the the kind of culture surrounding this Mm. film you know what is the culture drag is that what it's supposed to be (laughs) no just kind of kind of like the the whole audience participation phenomenon that's surrounding this film you know like because like there's like specific responses there's almost like a secondary script if you go to a screening of this film that the audience is supposed to that's kind of just been developed by the fan base that audiences are supposed to respond to the film in a certain way or whatever and then also of course as seen in the film the recreation of it on stage because they're just acting out the parts while the movie plays in the background right and i had known that stuff though already because caroline is a huge fan of rocky horror so she's told me, like, all about it. She goes to it, like, every once in a while. Um, and so, like, I had known about this stuff. So I, I think I might have had just, like, a little bit more context there. So I understood what they were doing, and I understood that there was this culture surrounding it. Um, so, like, those scenes I was like, okay, I'm, I'm interested to see this movie now. Because it's all about, like, sexual liberation, right? Like, that's the whole I mean, idea of the film. it's on the list, so we will get, get to it. it. 
Um, the list. So I the list. The list. So yeah, that, and also I think the if again haven't seen it, but if that's to be assumed that that is the theme of that film, the then yes, it, 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 it very much is. <laughs> yeah, then it fits so perfectly also with this in that he is still only like fourteen, fifteen. Like he's he's still discovering himself as well. So um, I don't know. I, I thought it fit perfectly. I. I was like, is this going to be weird? Like, there's this Rocky Horror stuff in it. But no, I mean, thought it fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, uh... So, yeah, it'll be interesting to then now watch that film later on. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll understand the context better. Halloween? Halloween movie? I don't know. Saw, there's many horror films on this list. There are. We'll get so, to it. We got, we got Saw, we got Hellraiser, we got yeah. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, we got so many. I just like horror, man. Yeah, you, know? you do. Um, but yeah, uh, um, we could talk about this forever, but obviously we won't. We've talked about it so much. And of course, our responses are kind of, you know, t- devolving into just into unexpressible emotions. I can't just... believe how much I cried at this movie. And that's the thing. Like, I haven't cried this hard at a movie since, or at anything really, since probably... Like, I cried a lot at La La Land, but it wasn't, like, this, like, shaking me kind of, like, crying. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably since either Silver Linings Playbook or How I Met Your Mother, the finale, maybe? Dude. That's a weird person. Dude, no, man. I cried throughout all of season nine of How I Met Your Mother. It was bad. Aaron, you don't understand. The balloon episode is one of the greatest hey, episodes episode of all so time. Dumb. Guys, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good talking about this. I mean, yeah, I I think we need to wrap up because, you know, it's a we could go on and on and on, but it's just such an emotionally powerful film, and obviously we all agree on that front. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen this film already, you shouldn't have been listening to the spoilers. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, but recommend for me. Highly recommended by me and David, obviously, and Lacey. I assume you fall down on the recommended side recommend. for this one. Not, not quite as highly as you guys do, but I do recommend it. I think it's uh, worth a watch, worth a try. Yeah, I mean that's that's understandable that you might not like it as much as we do because we like it to an insane degree. Now here's the thing. I'm not gonna. Uh, I like what? Paper Towns better. What did you just say? Not as a movie. I, th- I think this is what way you, better. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, did you not hear? Sorry. I said I like Paper Towns better. Not oh my God. as a movie. I think this is a better movie. I think the story of Paper Towns hit me so much harder than, than even this at times. Uh, <laughs> but that's I have such a weird personal connection to that book, so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to debate that because that's going to get us right. off topic. Yeah. But yeah, you know, but you still recommend this film. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that even after all of David and I's like insane amount of hype yeah. that you were able to yeah. still connect to it so much. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. so, yeah, that has been this has been another episode of Gateway to Cinema. Uh, if you want to find us around the Web, you can find me. At Little Flame Dude on Twitter and at this clever blog name is already taken. Tumblr, uh, you can find Jacob Lacey at Jake 
underscore Lace. Nailed it. Or at Jake Lace on Tumblr. That is correct. And David is at, at DVAX15. Two S's. I've never had to do yours before, so. <laughs> so, yeah, find him on Twitter. He's tweeting something. Just tweet him every quote you love from Perks of Being a Wallflower. Every single one. In I, fact, I just did just change script. my header on my yeah. Twitter, so if you guys want to go take, look at that. Take the script, read it, and then at him the entire script. But, you know, it'll be a ton of tweets because you have to break it down. Anyway. Is that a reference to the, the people doing the Harry Potter book to... Uh, who was it? J.K. Rowling? Was it Piers Morgan or, or something? I have not Like, they were, like, tweeting this, but... Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, like, one tweet at a time to him or something. <laughs> Did you guys not hear about that? I mean, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, <laughs> no, so no. that's amazing! <laughs> anyway, anyway, um... How, did we decide on a film we're gonna cover next week? Nah. Uh, I'll yeah, one. Well, we don't need to announce it. No. But... So, yeah, but look forward to another episode next week. And uh, Lacey posted the list on Twitter. The list? The leads. The leads leads on Twitter. So you can look ahead and see what all we're covering if you're interested. And I'm I'm assuming we're going to at least, like, cover some things close to when they're relevant. I mean, we're going to talk about horror films during Halloween. We're going to talk about Blade Runner before Blade Runner 2 comes out, I assume. Well, Blade Runner 2 comes out in October, so that will kind of... Oh, whoa. It'll be a September one. I can feel it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, Join us again next week when we talk about something. And and now it's time for my new sign-off. Oh, God. You're... All right. This is going to be my Mm sign-off. Bye-bye, man. So bad. All right. <laughs> it's, I mean, we, we we welcome you know listeners of any gender, but right, man is just that's like gonna be my sign off for the what the because of the reference to of course the greatest film of the 21st century. Bye, uh, man. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>